0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Yang. Thanks so much for joining me. And with me now, again, is Dr. Martina Rao, professor at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, professor of educational psychology, yes? Yep. All right. Yeah, so uh, if you remember a couple, uh, I don't know how many episodes back this was, you were interviewing me. So Martina is a Tango student. And uh, I'd like to have some more of these types of interviews with, with students just to, to hear from people who are learning tango. Uh, so the really interesting thing here is that um, Martina also researches learning methods, learning sciences, basically. And yeah. this is really great that we have you here because you are learning tango and you are also <laughs> Uh, you know researching learning so that should be a pretty fun fun thing to talk about so martina how did you discover argentine tango for those out there who for the listening audience out there for those who don't know you
1: sure so i think i was about four and a half ish years ago um i was actually trying to learn uh, salsa and so some friends of mine and i we took salsa classes and then ended up coming to an event that uh you're hosting every mm-hmm. tuesday um salsa tango so it alternates between salsa bachata and uh, tango songs and so at some point somebody asked me um if i wanted to dance a tango song and i didn't know any tango so i told him that and he said yeah that doesn't matter just um do what i make you do (laughs) (laughs) and that was the first time i well actually no that is not the first time i danced tango i way back like when i was 16 or 17 i um took ballroom classes and we did tango like the ballroom style tango Mm. there but um that was like a different type of dance altogether so um 2015
0: was your first Argentine yeah, tango experience. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. What went through your mind when you danced that first song with? with um,
1: two things, I guess. One, uh, I was very nervous. I didn't want to mess up, but it worked out surprisingly well. And um, the person I was dancing with was, I think, a really good dancer. Mm-hmm. And what he had said, uh, "Do what I make you do." Like, it's not like he was trying to arm wrestle me into doing any steps. Right. It was just kind of he created through his own movements the affordances for me to step in a certain way and um it seemed to fit the music okay i was very surprised at that um that was one thing the other thing was that so i'm, I'm german i can't really do the kind of salsa hip movements or like <laughs> my body just doesn't work that way and um tango was a lot more it felt a lot better to me compared to salsa perhaps a little bit more controlled it felt really good to me whereas with salsa also I never really warmed up. Um, I love the music. I just never really warmed up to the movements (laughs) myself. So that was my first experience with Argentine tango. And um, I really wanted to take classes after that. Nice. Yeah.
0: So what was your first class like?
1: Yeah, that was interesting too. Um, It was a couple months later, actually. And it was a tango club at the university. And it was definitely not the first week Mm -hmm. that I showed up. It must have been like two, three, four weeks into the semester. And I showed up with a few friends of mine and I was very scared because I didn't really know what to expect. Also knowing that it wasn't the start of the semester, I thought it would be very difficult to catch on. But it worked pretty well, I think. Anyway, I didn't uh, fall down or didn't step on anybody's Feet. It was okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, after that, I signed up for um, an actual tango course. Mm-hmm. My class? Yeah, <laughs> your class.
0: Mm-hmm. So, starting tango dancing and being a professor who really researches mm-hmm. and studies the way people learn, did, did that part of your brain, your professor brain, start going off during during your own tango. oh god time. my
1: professor brain never stops <laughs> it's <laughs> a curse and a blessing i um, i wanted to learn dancing salsa or then tango because i wanted a hobby that lets me forget work for a little bit that allows me to learn something that i don't have to necessarily be good at something to learn just for fun so the course I was teaching at the time was um, Theories of Learning Sciences, so um, basically in that course we covered different theories about how people learn from the cognitive learning processes to sociocultural learning processes, so um, yeah, pretty much anything you can imagine that relates to learning. So in that course, we basically switch uh, theories every week. So each week we cover a different way of approaching learning, of Mm -hmm. asking different questions about how people learn. And when I started taking tango classes, I found myself, actually, I think... I think it was actually on the same day. I think I taught Wednesdays and the tango class that I signed up for was Mm. also Wednesdays. Right, Wednesday nights. And yeah, so it was really fresh in my mind, too, the theories we had covered that week. And I really found that they applied to my own learning in tango. And to me, that was interesting because, you know, we're used to, in academia, we're used to studying, learning, learning. i uh, this this shouldn't i shouldn't make it sound so exclusive. We study learning learning in all kinds of ways, but we often think of learning in the schooling or academic context, mm-hmm. like learning something formal like math or science, and kind of rediscovering these theories when we were uh, w- when I was learning tango myself was really enlightening so for example series of cognitive processes involved in learning are about schemas that we form of declarative uh, knowledge about what something is. So for example, tango as an umbrella term, Mm -hmm. there's Argentine tango, there's ballroom tango. Within Argentine tango, there is tango, milonga, Mm -hmm. valse, then different music styles, uh, nuevo Mm -hmm. versus classical, and within that different time periods. So yeah. um, that is, that is something that we all learn about tango as we learn <laughs> to yeah. dance, kind of the uh, what is tango question. Then there is, of course, procedural knowledge. How do we actually perform steps? And all of that is situated within the broader context in which we're learning, whether it's part of a class, whether it's as part of a clac- uh, practicum, learning on the fly, on the dance floor. Yeah um also communication um mm-hmm. there's obviously communication as, as a follower detecting what the uh, leader wants us to yeah. do that is a form of communication uh the music itself is communication mm-hmm. there's also communication among couples on the dance floor like what another couple in front of us does, affects how we're dancing. Then the cabaceo as Mm -hmm. (laughs) as a a form of communication seems very uh, central. And cultural conventions, like um, the first time I danced with you actually, I Mm -hmm. didn't know that you're supposed to dance um, three songs, not just one. And I just said, well, thank you. And walked away after the first, (laughs) I didn't know that. And then, uh, yeah, cultural conventions, then we're getting close to kind of the um, history of tango too, as Mm -hmm. a dance that was done by immigrants, Mm -hmm. I believe. It was brought um, back to France to yeah, it's where it big gas were exploded. Gained yeah. prestige in America, um, mm-hmm. and so there was an international history right from the start. And I think you actually told me that you have the impression that tango is still um, the tango community is very international. Yeah, not just because there are inter- um, there are tango communities like in mm-hmm. each country, but also because somehow international students seem to gravitate t- towards yeah. um, tango. Or mm-hmm. I think I covered just now like five different theories of yeah how learning it's happens. great how
0: learning tango yeah it just fits fits so nicely into that category it's not mm-hmm. you know we think of it just as oh it's just this thing we do but you know there are ways to to academically look at it and it, <laughs> and it works which is great yeah yeah and along the, the communication also if there's a live band when you're dancing you're that the live band is actually communicating with the dancers as well right. and vice versa so that's and really fun. and
1: so is a DJ when a DJ DJ comes up with a um, with a playlist or even changes it uh, throughout the evening that can mm-hmm. also happen right yeah. <laughs> there's thinking that goes into it about what is the energy like at the beginning of the evening versus the end of the evening right. um, which songs fit together and why mm-hmm. and so definitely that's yeah. also a form of communication yeah
0: absolutely so I want to I want to switch gears just to a question that I have that we we discussed this before and this this is a term that annoys you and I want you to explain why a term
1: Some that annoys my, me
0: yeah it, it, this is great this is really this will be great for for us to hear about I'm so, curious <laughs> so sometimes I have students you know when I'm trying to explain something they'll uh-huh. say no 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 just show me just show me how it is because I'm a visual learner
1: oh learning styles
0: yeah so <laughs> the term visual learning you hear that a lot. Uh-huh. Tell us tell us why you kind of cringe every time you hear that.
1: Well, there's actually no empirical evidence that learning styles exist. So, if somebody says I'm a visual learner, that might reflect a perceived preference, but there's no evidence that people who say they're a visual learner actually learn better if they're presented with visual learning materials. Mm-hmm. There's there's just no evidence uh, for that. So, okay. um yeah, um if anybody wants to google it (laughs) there are lots of articles that have debunked um the myth of learning styles yeah Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay
1: perhaps i should give you one for the show notes yeah yeah Yeah, that'd be something great (laughs) to
0: read about so i guess when someone says show me maybe i'm just not explaining it clearly enough
1: well i mean i think actually one thing that i really like about your teaching approach is Mm -hmm. that you very quickly let students try out the step so mm-hmm. you'll um, explain it and you'll sh- I mean in tango I don't think anybody would try to teach a step without also showing it right. you don't yeah. just explain right yeah like, yeah <laughs> no. but either way um uh, one thing that I think works well is when you let people try out the step pretty mm-hmm. quickly because people don't necessarily know what they need to pay attention to unless they've tried it out mm-hmm. and then fail. <laughs> right. So one thing that I've also thought about a lot in taking classes is the role of failure in our yeah, learning. That's right. And unless you struggle, you don't know what to pay attention to necessarily in a demo. Mm-hmm. And that is why I think, um, yeah, um, I mean, it's not just showing... Yeah. But also trying it out and then perhaps showing again, Mm -hmm. um, because then people will know what is actually difficult for them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, And again, I I like what you brought up about that idea of failing, Mm -hmm. which is so hard, especially if we're coming into tango already being, let's say, really established in another uh, field, let's say our professions or something. Mm -hmm. And then we we get really down on ourselves (laughs) <laughs> when we mess up in tango, and I think there's several reasons for that. I mean, a lot of people who do tango, I think we've heard from this podcast, there, uh, they're just very driven mm-hmm. people, and they they kind of they're perfectionists, and they expect yeah. they expect that of themselves. So you just have to go through that process of messing up and learning from from mistakes, and that's. That's really tough. Yeah, <laughs> for, for people.
1: Yeah, no, I had to. Um, that is, that was one of my personal journeys with tango. I had to leave my perf- uh, perfectionism behind, also because I, as a professor, I, I work a lot yeah <laughs> I don't have the time to dedicate to become a professional tango dancer that was not my motivation in the beginning either mm. of course but nevertheless it's so ingrained in me that I want to do well and I want to become better and better and better right and then it stops being just a hobby then it becomes a stressful thing <laughs>
0: yeah you' are not alone and after working yeah. for like
1: 10 12 hours that is the last mm-hmm. thing I need yeah. so um, as I've been listening to your podcast it's really important to decide for yourself what do you want Tango to be in your life. Mm -hmm. If you need a place where you can really push yourself to become better and better and better, that's great. If you're that kind of person, that's Mm -hmm. awesome. But I think, um, I mean, one of of the things that I think is really beautiful about the Tango community is that there is so much diversity in what people bring to the community. And there is a place for people who just want to treat it as a fun hobby. Right. I think that's, that's something that is important to kind of be aware of because perfectionism is, it has its place, right? but not necessarily everywhere.
0: Yeah. When we talked about struggle with, mm-hmm. with tango, it's, it's, such a, it's something that we all go through, but we, yet we feel alone. We feel like mm-hmm. we're the only ones <laughs> who are struggling. Right. And there's always this perception that, oh, someone else is always getting it, mm-hmm. but except for me. Yeah, we've all had that. Feeling. Yeah,
1: actually, that has been something where you know I bring my I bring my <laughs> work to mm-hmm. Tango with me, but I also bring Tango kind of back to my work. So one of the realizations that I had about my own um, experience and learning was how emotional it is actually. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. There was there was one workshop, perhaps a little bit um, above my skill level. There was a step that I just couldn't do and I just didn't get it and didn't mm. get it and by the end of the workshop I was almost in tears yeah. I mean not literally but yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt so bad mm. and this is something where I said okay this is a hobby it's not my uh, it's not my vocation mm-hmm. it's not like something I need to excel at I'm also not getting graded. And even if mm. I did, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't go on my uh, transcript or anything right. like and I wouldn't lose my job over it. Like mm-hmm. it has no influence on my like the rest of my life whatsoever,
0: especially right. now since you have tenure. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> thankfully at, at the time I didn't. But right. um, <laughs> yeah, but Nevertheless, it felt so. like that that feeling of failure was so strong and I was so embarrassed about it. Mm -hmm. And that really was an aha moment for me because I never really understood why my students get so hung up on grades. Mm -hmm. And I perhaps see the bigger picture because I think, well... If they got like, even if it's like an A minus, like there are some students who are like, oh my God, what did, I do, what did I do wrong? And I'll say, well, yeah, look at the feedback and do better next time. And mm-hmm. like in my heart, I know that that student is like, Mm-hmm. You know, a student who like is so upset at an A minus yeah. will do really well in the class and mm-hmm. probably wind up with an A. So I have confidence. Mm-hmm. And the student is really, really frustrated and feels really, really bad. And right. I never had that empathy. Yeah. I
0: know. And I'll yeah, my you.
1: experience and how bad failure actually feels mm-hmm. and yeah, we have to talk talk perhaps also about what is what is failure because I actually think failure is an opportunity to learn rather than something that comes to get you (laughs) yeah
0: with this dance I mean whether you're treating it as a hobby but a lot of us you know like like a lot of the teachers we interviewed Mm -hmm. they got obsessed with this Mm -hmm. dance and um, so yeah regardless of where you fall on that spectrum of I just liking this as a hobby versus being obsessed with it I think it's important for people to know that if there's anything about tango that you want to learn and if you're Mm-hmm. If you set out to to learn it, nothing's gonna stop you. Mm-hmm. You know, don't think that there's anything that's beyond your ability.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, if you're determined to learn something, you're you're gonna figure it out one way or another. So, yeah, because there's so many students who say, "Well, will I ever get this? Will I ever get this?" Uh, of course, it feels like you're not, but uh, if you really want to figure it out, you, nothing's really you know nothing's going to stop you so
1: yeah and i think um if you have that mindset then failure is actually more like a challenge than Mm -hmm. something that puts you down because if it's more like if you treat your failure at i don't know performing a step or something Mm -hmm. as a riddle if i haven't solved the riddle of how it works yet then then it becomes much more motivating yeah and absolutely. that that can happen regardless of whether you treat tango as a hobby or as a mm-hmm. as a, as like an obsession <laughs> <You're>
0: right <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and another thing uh, that we were talking about earlier uh, before we started recording was the idea of tango or anything else that we really enjoy doing for people like mm-hmm. you, yourself I- I'm i I'm as passionate about tango and teaching as you are about being a professor and, and researching <laughs> and it's kind of interesting how we don't really mm-hmm. just stay laser focused on one thing, because uh, I think anybody listening who's just mm-hmm. really into something, whether it's your profession or something else, they tend to find other things to be interested in. Yeah, and they find other new hobbies. For you, it was picking up tango. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's it's making web cartoons or just very recently taking up target shooting. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then it's funny how you know we uh, we find ourselves taking what we know and relating it to tango or mm-hmm. vice versa. I mean, yeah. just the other day when I was just... I, I'm very new to shooting, mm-hmm. and you know, I didn't know there was a... You know, when you miss a target, mm-hmm. you can be... Sometimes it's because you're holding the gun too loosely or sometimes you're holding mm-hmm. it too tightly. And I thought, oh, it's kind of like an embrace
1: yeah. in
0: tango. So it's just, <laughs> okay, well, I'm I'm bringing it back to tango. Or
1: yeah. know, a lot of students have yeah. told me
0: they, they take their tango <laughs> and then they're like, oh, well, it's kind of like my work when I do this or when this yeah. happens.
1: Yeah, uh, for me, I see the... Research I do, I see that everywhere. I mm-hmm. see it when I do tango. I, um, yeah, I recently started knitting. I see it there, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so even if tango isn't the center of your life, you can connect it to um, other things in your life. Yeah. And that can be really motivating, too, right. I think. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, yeah, this was uh, fun talking about uh, tango mm-hmm. and your experiences learning and Thanks. being a professor.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, it's all thanks to you because you're the one who taught me. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. And eventually you married your tango teacher. Yeah, that's right. I that <laughs> yeah. yeah, for all disclosure, Dr. Rao is, is my wife. So. Okay. <laughs> we should
1: have said it at the beginning.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, maybe I'll edit that in later. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, Dr. Rao, where can we find out more about you online?
1: Yeah, so I have a website. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, website.education.whisk.edu/ slash Rao. Minus lab. um okay. You can also just uh, Google me, uh, Martina Rao, UW Madison. and yeah, she's then, pretty famous. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know, but that, yeah, it usually comes up when you do that. Yeah, I'll, I'll put a link to it in our
0: show notes, so people will be able to to click on it right away. Sounds good. Okay. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Martina.
1: Thanks. <laughs> Bye.
0: Bye. Bye. And thanks to all you listeners for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please take a quick moment to subscribe and please leave a five-star rating and review if you haven't already. That helps out a lot. To help keep the podcast going, I'm also accepting donations through PayPal. There's a link in the description and also one on the podcast website. Thanks for your support. Okay, that's it for today. You've been listening to Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon.